What the kind of person to say a toe to so? But you know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. If you need even further clarification, let The Rock tell you in Chinese. We are in control now. <laughs> Yes, y'all, uh, that's right, infidels. It's your drive at five here at WHMG BNN Headline News. And that's news from the dirt sheet writers who make it all up and we break it all down. Here to close out your week, channelattitude.com, Hami Media Group. Y'all, long. Oh, what's good? What's good, you guys? Man, uh, getting to it real late, so I figured I'd go live, even give away the Friday locker room, even though it's premium content, only five bucks a month. Appreciate you guys supporting at channelattitude.com, that Hameen Media Group side. Gotta get it in. Yeah, it's a BNN, all Bins news all the time, pal. Not a lot of Bins news today, actually, but plenty of headlines to get through. So I figured I'd clock in and clock out for the hardcores and uh, the Ben Hameen YouTube channel and twitch.tv slash Hameen Media, which I'll be on later and I do a SmackDown watch along, pretty much do this show, uh, take the wives to dinner and ding dong. Hello, uh, phone's going off here, better. Put it on mute. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, gotta gotta give the loyalists what they pay for. Absolutely, and we'll have fun time jamming out on Friday night watching SmackDown. And this week on Russo Brand, uh, the end of SmackDown standalone, uh, we're gonna do a trios uh, tag here uh, as we go forward. I guess doing Raw and SmackDown on the same show. Vince Russo, Stevie Richards, Ben Hameen. Uh, should be a good time, man. Uh, getting a full scope of everything. Interesting. I, I saw the Russo brand chat room ribbon already saying, I thought I was going to watch less wrestling, bro. And now he's back to watching SmackDown. So they love to get you when they got you. And it's good. And uh, everybody has a good laugh. But no matter what, man, it's always great to have Vince Russo's opinion and to have an in-depth conversation about phony-ass wrestling. <laughs> hopefully you guys had a good week as you wrap it up on a friday here for your friday drive at five hacker hameen with don stevens in the traffic copter uh so let's uh hope she goes into the no fly zone but we're gonna uh break it all down you guys it was a big cannabis day after uh getting our next uh application submitted you have to do uh, something called the TPI, uh, True Parties of Interest, and that's a pretty in-depth process, too. So starting that, getting that done, and, uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes work on some bigger things I can't talk about yet for it, but uh, exciting work day, and uh, just it got away from me, and I look up, and it's already time to, to call it quits. So I said, we don't quit. You know, you, we thought I told you that we don't stop over here at HMG and to break it all down. Uh, so I got plenty of headlines to get through. It was a great day yesterday with uh, MSG uh, on LTF, Light the Fuse, and uh, breaking down – AEW Dynamite, that's available on Channel Attitude right now. Uh, Pete Paccio, Ben, uh, did you see the latest rumor? TK rumored to be bringing in Hogan's shaking my head, TNA 2.0, bro. Hey, man, 
Um, the guy is a super fan, and if he wants to work with Hogan and that's what he wants to spend his family's money on, uh, Hogan will gladly take it. <laughs> he did it with, uh, you know, every company he's ever worked for, and will that get them over a million? You know, that's the thing. How do we get over a million, stay over a million, make Warner Brothers happy? I don't know. Like, there was all the bad Hogan press, and then he beat the lawsuit, beat the shit out of them for, what, $36 million, and then kind of went away, and then that was enough of getting dragged through the public eye with all the Bubba the Love Sponge and stuff with his son and uh, the street racing that crippled the one kid and his wife leaving him, and now he's remarried to another chick that – eerily looks like his daughter and his daughter won't talk to him i mean these are all the things of the scheid and freud tmz that they want to go with but i mean what's hogan gonna do for you brother the guy you know is is americana legacy but he can't pay off anything in the ring after so many back surgeries so here's flair here's hogan and and here's tony khan getting to you know maybe send them out how he wants to and give them respect and if it means putting money in their pocket then how do we get max value to have Ho- give Hogan, have Hogan give somebody the rope? I'd love to see Hogan with my man Turbo Floyd from the Outrunners. Now that would be aw- that'd be an awesome torch pass with Hogan in the corner of the Outrunners, totally 80s out, bro. Viper glasses doing the whole thing. That that would be cool, bro. I would love to see my man Shiloh Mount, or excuse me, uh Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd get that rub from Hogan. That'd be a big mark out moment for me. Um, and then, you know, is it going to be like, Hey, my daughter's, uh, <laughs> the, the GM again, it, like it was during the impact days. It's interesting, but I hadn't heard that. So, you know, that, uh, I, that, that is news to me, but like I said, I've been on cannabis watch all goddamn day. Um, uh, and Lenny Lilac says is Goldberg next uh, Lenny. I don't see why not. I mean, if I was going to have backup for MJF and he was going to look for somebody <laughs> and we're talking, uh, you know, the, the chosen people, then, uh, <laughs> I would definitely bring Goldberg in. So, um, plenty going down, man, uh, I guess on the sheets and, uh, you never know the, the biggest sharks are going to feast, bro. And that's what they did in WCW. They did in TNA. They did in nostalgia with WWE, even though they dressed them up like a pirate alongside Tyrus and walked them out there. So they look like idiots, you know, and, uh, Khan wants to live out his wrestling dream. Let him, I, I say, let him, why not? Fucking a who, you never know what the final chapters bring, right? Sometimes it might end up being the best work ever. I mean, I'm not betting the farm on it, but like, what could we do? It's an interesting proposition of like, okay, here we are again. What did we get wrong? in the past and not get max value out of sting flair and hogan kind of wrapping up a company or going through a company and and taking the big money out of it and what is that leaving its wake and what opportunity does that create and it's interesting you know are we just going to play nostalgia and not have anybody shoot because the young bucks are a rib on the business can they can you imagine young bucks if they would really let them do what they should do or those guys stepped up and do what they should do and cut and heel promos and heater promos and you know too sweet me briz like all that kind of stuff back and forth there could be some interesting stuff there man you know what i mean or does nwo get relaunched but vince owns that brand right so 
interesting, interesting creative conversations. So, y'all, uh, you see the live Twitch streams ahead by two seconds. Wow, Twitch is in the future. That's nice. Uh, G-Ball, what's good? I see you out there. Big supporter of uh, all things horseshoegenetics.com. I got to get some more of our nutrients and our new uh, spider mite crusher pesticide uploaded to the website and to amazon.com. You can get worm juice and plenty of other great products, Cal Mag solution, cloning solution, all the great products at horseshoegenetics.com along with premium cannabis seeds uh, as well. Uh, so y'all, uh, you guys, Biz, 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 briz, and it was a good night last night training at uh, Upstate Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, we had uh, two new students there, a returning student, one of them uh, getting in better shape. I was proud to see that, inspired the other ones, and my other students are going out on the road and doing all they can at uh, other federations from Rochester and, and the area in Syracuse. So uh, little birds getting pushed out of the nest, and I'm glad to see them uh, doing what uh, – to, they came to do live their dreams, you know, uh, in this pro wrestling thing. And you got to put those miles in and you do it in the dojo, but you got to go out and apply your craft. And, uh, this weekend, some of my guys are going to do that. So, uh, at uh, wild zero wrestling tapings in Rochester. So I'm excited for them to, uh, go enjoy themselves and hopefully work safe, but, uh, can't, uh, always, uh, hold their hands. You know, they, they got to learn. There's only one way to learn the hard way and you got to fail and go, man, I had the right idea, but the wrong execution. How could I got more out of this? And the only way you're going to learn how to do that is to get out there and do it really. So, uh, excited for them this weekend and they're all working hard and last night. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's feeling it today, but, uh, Laura, let's get to it. You guys, I don't got a ton of time here, even though I'm solo on the dolo, try to get Timmy B, but it was last minute. So heat's on me on that one. Um, and we'll be back to it, uh, probably with, uh, RBV, uh, on Monday morning with the locker room. Plus man, weather's changing. My voice kind of goes in and out. So I'm going to try and give it what I can because I still got a karaoke tonight for sending the SmackDown live self-help group water break. Ding dong. Hello. Thank you, Bailey. Good stuff. All right, let's get to the headlines. Uh, big news uh, this week, uh, TNA uh, returning uh, Impact, changing uh, their brand back to the former Impact label. And Scott Demore talks about making plans to disrupt and change wrestling when the brand relaunches in 2024. He says, you're going to see upgrades to our look and our pacing. We're in a position to inspire the next generation. You'll see some changes to our shows. The pacing is going to be quicker. There'll be a shakeup talent-wise, and you're going to see us disrupt and change wrestling. Expect consistency. Expect depth in our storytelling, which we're as good as, if not better, than anybody else. If you're on our show, you earned a spot on our show. We're back to doing what we do best. We're back to taking chances. Give a stage for wrestlers to take a chance and evolve wrestling. I, I like that PR statement right there from Scott Demore. Uh, I could use more of that from um, WWE and, and AEW and how concise and they look at their product because they'd pay a lot of lip service, but that kind of does lay it out of, Hey, we're going to take these chances now and that we do consistent storytelling. And from the impact I watched, I mean, it's mainly, it's the vet and let's go Brandon over here on the HMG side, been reviewing impact since big Ray and I, and Matt Schaffer, uh, you know, gave over to them and took on other duties. 
But uh, I think they tell a great story, even if it's something horror story or Wrestle House or Hardy Universe, you know, if you put, you know, if you can stay healthy and put what you want into it, seems like you can have pretty good input in your long-term business. And if you're smart about it, then you can get it over. Or if you had like uh, a segment that got over, I remember like uh, Johnny Swinger's uh, bit there, the casino, that's a reoccurring bit. You're, you know, you're guaranteed to be on the shows and you're going to get flown in. You could probably do it all in one day, you know? And uh, that's nice to be able to be like, Hey, I'm going to be on TV for the next six weeks. I only got to work two days, <laughs> probably two matches and, and five, six vignettes. Right. So um, it'll be interesting to see because I know people have left the roster. I know people left the MLW roster, as well so i'm not sure where dudes may turn up um but to do long-term business you got to have a roster that's loyal and is they're going to be there on the shows repeatedly to pay stuff off so he's got to have plans for a couple people as far as okay here's where we're going the next 90 days and um i don't know will they push the envelope uh of what it is what does it mean to shake up wrestling in 2024 what moves can be made uh, to really shake things up. Are you going to shoot bang, bang, or you're going to go back to sex appeal? Are you going to, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what their plans are. Uh, another big uh, talk of the week, pretty much. Uh, you're talking Hogan earlier. It's uh, been about Ric Flair, though. Uh, Flair has signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Man, um, not to say he doesn't have value. And I know he wants to promo battle MJF and, you know, it's flair. So he's selling out his name and he's got his own energy drink company. And uh, I think cannabis CBD gummies. And um, I'm sure he wants to get into the THC gummies in every state that he can. But thinking Vegas is where he may have them now um, with Mike Tyson's brand. But uh to do it in like New York state, you'd have to find a distributor to, to work with his brands because it, it differs state by state right now. So you can't just sell across borders, but I wouldn't doubt it, you know, uh, and maybe we'll facilitate that deal too. Um, but two, two years he's with a uh, sponsorship for his Wu energy drink is the official energy drink of AEW. Uh, so he's got two different deals a talent deal and an uh, endorsement energy drink. And again, this is Tony Khan living out his wrestling dream, you know, and I don't, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, when you got billions of dollars, bro, what are you going to do? It's not just to like hire flair. It's to be around them. And Hey, maybe those guys will impart some wisdom and, and, but really I imagine it'll kind of just be like hanging with the boys, but do you really want to be hanging out with, <laughs> I guess Hogan has his karaoke bar. It's jumping, man. And Flair still likes to party. And why not, man? Uh, if, if you can be the toy, I guess uh, spend the money, right? According to Meltzer Seltzer, President Tony Khan spoke with Flair very late in the game about potentially becoming a TV character. Flair's second deal was reportedly closed just one day before he made his debut on Dynamite. It's believed that Flair's debut was kept a secret from almost everyone backstage. Um, and uh, as reported, Flair's deal is very similar to that of Randy Savage's the WCW with Slim Jim made in the 90s, where part of uh, getting Flair was also procuring a deal with the energy drink that would cover a significant portion. 
if not all of Flair's salary in AEW wrestling. So I'm sure a pretty chunk of change, good combination. Who knows uh, where the energy drink comes from or if it's <laughs> uh, leftover oil changes and, and ex antifreeze from uh, Wuhan or if it's, you know, just monster repackaged, who knows, whatever, it, whatever it comes in to do, man. Uh, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how they use them. I hope it doesn't get out of hand and, uh, you know, what these guys, they still want to be on the road, man, at this age, bro, is crazy to me. Like if Hogan does come in and I guess with Stinger and Hogan, they're probably going to want, they're I'm not probably, they're going to want first class, everything flights, limos, first class hotel five star accommodations um you know probably they heard catering's dope <laughs> and uh probably full health insurance uh from the football team and probably football tickets but hey man wouldn't that be good for football you got them on your payroll jaguars make the playoff there's hogan and flair and stinger in the box seats together bro with you tony khan like people will be fucking be all over ESPN, you know? So is there value, not just mark out value of him having fun, but really having these legacy amount Rushmore names, uh, you know, on his show of can it get over a million and stay over a million? What do you do to use these three legacy names? And even more, you got Arn Anderson, you got friggin' Jake, the snake Roberts too, man. Like, can you do something where there's a council of the legends, you know, and what they hand down and Mark Henry and big show are in there too. Who else they got like that, that would be in there, you know, um, and probably guys would be like, Jerry, I would say Jerry Lynn, but they'd be like, no, Jerry Lynn, you were ECW and you're not over like us. <laughs> They'd still big league Jerry. Um, but, uh, that's the value I see out of them. Well, how do you make like the, uh, Mount Olympus judgment gods of wrestling, you know, so interesting shit there, uh, creatively to deal with, uh, a lot of injury report update you guys, but, uh, and this one says injuries in AEW said to have created a domino effect, not a deuce and domino effect, but a domino effect on the company's creative plans. Multiple AEW stars have been injured in recent months, including Moxley, Adam Cole, Brian Danson, Sammy Guevara. What does that tell you right there? I'm going to stop, and this is me. They did not work in a safe style, any of these guys, and they're all on the shelf. And they get hurt on dumb shit, too. You know, not even the shit that is really the big stuff. So, I don't know, man. Danielson's expected to be out of action until the end of the year. Guevara still isn't medically cleared from the concussion. Cole needed two surgeries for his broken ankle after he jumped down off the platform, and his return date's uncertain. Uh, Meltzer Seltzer says the situation, uh, injury situation has greatly affected the booking as so many plans are made and have to be changed. And when they are changed, it's start from scratch and develop new plans, especially since Danielson, Cole, Moxley were all figured into key things and so much had to be changed, which created a domino effect on all plans. Yeah. Card subject to change, buddy. And when it rains, it pours. And do is that how you pivot? and take all those guys' opponents and put them in a blender and, and, and address it? Or do you just try and write over the top of it with new storylines? It's it's never an easy thing to do, and I've had to do it a couple times, never with three of my top storylines, though. Uh, and that's where this insane work rate death jitsu bullshit 
um, is a gamble because someone can be taken out, hurt, concussed, and there's a much higher probability of that happening. And if you're trying to write long-term, then the way they're working these matches aren't storyline-based. They're get-your-shit-in-based, and that's way dangerous, to, especially when you're trying to work long-term storylines because now, hmm, much like betting long shots on any sporting event, like that's pretty much what you're doing here the, to be able to look at the finish line of where you want to go with the business, but then you go and tell these guys to do fucking – sit out Michinoku driver, you know, pile drivers and shit. And then once you get your brain scrambled, there goes that storyline. So we got to protect each other and know that the story is far more important than the matches and that the business in the match uh, needs to get done. But let's not take excessive chances because we need you for the long haul here, daddy. So, yeah, well, um, da, 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 da. Uh, we got some, um, we got some good uh, suggestions here in the chat room. Uh, Bigfoot capturing uh, Tori. Uh, I think uh, Tony Storm and maybe Big Show could be Bigfoot. Uh, it could be. It'd be interesting. Uh, but, y'all, uh, let's see here. Uh, we're going to save that one. That's the big fuck you for the end. Oh, let's see. Big E says he feels great, but his future in wrestling ring is still uncertain. He says, I wish I had more info for you talking to busted open. Uh, right now he says, there's really no timeline. I've been to a few different doctors overlook my scans. I don't have any issues. I feel great, but my C1 was broken in two different places. It's called a Jefferson fracture. And because of the nature of the fracture, it takes longer to heal. Um, I was hoping that it's be you have to do the George Jefferson walk after that. That'd be over. Uh, you could pull it off. Uh, initially they told me three months. I thought three months I'd be back to wrestling, but things ended up being more complex. Uh, the chances I might take with a broken forearm or finger an ACL injury I've had before. I started wrestling when I was 23 and at that time I was like, if I die in the ring doing what I love, so be it. What, what is going on with these guys in their head? I'm 37 now, and you see life differently. Wow, he's only 37. Yeah, that's I forget it. How young of a man he is still. And you see, I guess I'm just getting old as shit. Really, is what it comes down to. You see life differently, and you don't have, uh, and you have other things to think about. I'm trying to make the best decision for myself and my health moving forward. I don't have many answers. Yeah, it's interesting when I put my my mind in the mind space of a 37 year old me. And then think about if I was him too and where I'd be at and still be hungry to get back to the ring. It just seems like his run has been so long and so awesome with New Day that you don't think of him as 37, you know. Or maybe it's just me thinking of him equal being 46. Fuck, like it's hard to even say out loud. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, hang him up, bro. The guy's got all the charisma in the world. He's in good shape. Stay in reasonably good shape. Take care of your neck. I got to believe he made enough money and not even the fact that if he has or hasn't, he, he can easily get a gig someplace. You know what I mean? As a commentator or a talent of some type on ESPN, he's got all the charisma in the world and can uh, carry the ball whenever it's given to him. So I don't like, what do we need him to wrestle for man and bust his neck again? That's, that's rough. It's rough, but uh broken ascendancy. Uh, you're right on. He says he feels bad for Big E. His prime years have been cut and that's what it is. I guess, you know what I mean? That he's probably facing more than anything, but 
I don't know. I, I, I hope he, I, I, when I see things like that, I hope they don't get back in the ring just because you'd hate to see something worse happen for what, for what reason, you know, uh, update on Erica, the Viking Raiders tag team providing an injury update. Uh, was talking to Wade Barrett on commentary and Eric stated that one and a half of the Viking Raiders was injured and out for the unforeseeable future on Wednesday night. Eric provided an update via Instagram. He says, I cannot express the proper gratitude and thankfulness to the amazing Dr. Cordover and his incredible staff at Andrews Sports Medicine and St. Vincent's Hospital in Birmingham and WWE for making sure I have the best care possible. C6, C7 fusion surgery, goddamn, was successful and recovery begins now. I'm excited for all the possibilities once my cybernetic upgrades come fully online. Um, and that's kind of right above your shoulders. Uh, neck goes down, uh, I guess, right, right where your shoulders and neck kind of are right there. Those, those two vertebrae is C6 and C7. It looks like with screws in a plate and it looks like they probably went in through the same. I think Stevie has C4 and C5. So this would be the ones right below it. And God damn, man, like that's what this shit is, man, really. And I know you guys respect us and love us for it. But as shitty as my spine feels most days, I'm just like, I really don't want to be on that same table getting fucking screws in my back, you know. And uh, unfortunately, it's a strange deal with uh, the, I hate to say deal with the devil because they didn't make me no money. I didn't sign nothing, but strange deal with ourselves that we make, you know, and uh, everybody's paying the price. And Viking Raiders been in a lot of matches for a lot of years, built up, built up, built up on the road and then taking whatever it is, man, because, uh, just to wear your neck out like that, you know, and now you need these screws and then you're hoping to come back from it. Uh, it's just uh, so sketchy to me. And it's Steve Austin, it's Stevie Richards and, and uh, Eric from the Viking Raiders. And uh, I like um, his work too. You know, I like the whole stage picture. They're finally kind of getting it to the level of the show Vikings and then things like this happen. And now Warbeard Hansen's by himself on the, on the Viking path. And they even did a little something with um, uh, Valhalla and I like her part in it too. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, man, with these types of injuries, you're just like, the guy's got a little baby and, and, you know, homestead and all that kind of stuff. You just want to be able to enjoy that and not be, uh, you know, propped up in a corner in a chair, not feeling your legs move. So Rough stuff, dude. Rough stuff. Uh, Peter Paccio says, I had to see five and six. I had to work nine months, caught an infection, but still kicking. Well, I'm glad you kicked out, bro. But I know that's serious shiz, Briz. That those, those neck surgeries are nothing to take lightly, no doubt. Uh, my man, uh, Charles the Hammer Evans, also in the chat room. Good to see you, buddy. Hope they have a good weekend ahead. Um, Good brother one right here. I like I like this headline, so uh, hopefully I like the story. But Eric Redbeard talks about how much Brody Lee enjoyed himself in AEW. I was just thinking about Brody Lee yesterday, man, as uh, Josh, uh, J.D. Love, and I and uh, his brother Jason are working hard to get Raven dispensaries open. And uh, I always enjoyed having a good smoke whenever I could with Brody Lee, man. And uh, I know he would uh, definitely enjoy us uh, doing this. And 
this whole venture as well. So uh, he's definitely missed, I'm sure, not just by his family, but all the good brothers in Rochester and two CW brothers. And definitely good to think about him, man, for sure. But the pro wrestling community was dealt a cruel blow almost three years ago when beloved performer Brody Lee John Huber passed away at 41 uh, years of age, following a battle with illness in the midst of uh, albeit short run with AEW, Lee left behind an inelible mark on the company through his work with a Dark Order's fearless leader, having battles with the likes of John Moxley and Cody Rhodes. Um, prior to the work in the promotion, Lee carved out a successful career as Luke Harper under the WWE umbrella, and uh, he built a strong connection with Eric Rowan, a.k.a. Eric Redbeard, who made an appearance briefly in AEW. I'm surprised they didn't keep him around, huh? Interesting. Uh, but he, he recently gave insight uh, into explaining how important the final six months of Lee's career in the ring were to the man behind the character. He said, we talked a lot when he was doing it, and I was like, I'm so happy for you. It looks like you're having a blast. He was never given much promo time in WWE, so to go watch him doing Being the Elite episodes, I would just watch that to watch his segments because he's having fun, and he's speaking, and he's being his character that he wanted to be. Uh, he had this spark under him and how much he was about how much fun he was having. He was building something for him. And we fought so hard to get out of each other's shadows for so long. We, we were always connected. Those were great conversations to have, man. So, uh, yeah, that you could see it in those being the elite episodes where they throw the papers or just having fun ribbing with the boys, man. Uh, absolutely. That was, uh, I'm sure, some of his most fun stuff where there was the least pressure possible coming out of wwe situation and work with indie guys and he always had uh followed the local indie guys and 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 you know a lot of guys when they transition up the ladder out of the indies or out of developmental you they go silent and they don't uh really hit up the people that they came up with and it's just top guy shit and that's the way it goes sometimes and then when they come back down you know, make contact and it seems a little shallow but that's just part of this mafia and it's it, sometimes it stings and sometimes you just got to get used to it you know because it's going to be both ways it works both ways um but i'll say this that brody lee would always kind of want the upstate new york stooge report from josh or he would get in on a thread out of nowhere and rib Johnny Moose of Excite, you know, the promoter there. And uh, just to see him stick his head up or like something, you know, he was always lurking in the background, having a laugh, or he would poke the bear and say something. Because by that time, he was so over with WWE and AEW, but he never like flexed it on anybody like a big dog. He always acted like one of the boys still on the indies. And when it was the perfect right time to kick somebody when they're down with a smile on your face in a good brother way, he'd, he'd do that on social media. Now it was, I would always get a big pop from the boys. So uh, I'm glad to read stories like that and remember, you know, uh, a great performer like uh, Brody Lee and, uh, and I'm sure all those guys miss him uh, terribly because those will be the most fun times and, and they're getting paid, but Rip would say, boys, these are the, best times of your fucking life because you're doing it for the love of it you know and uh you could see those types of let's just go turn on the camera and have some fun improvising and, and playing wrestling and living our dream and what happens happens maybe we'll use it maybe we won't those are just some of the most fun creative times man so i'm glad that uh, eric redbeard was remembering that there and uh to the lost you know we'll have a drink for him later tonight 
Um, interesting. This, uh, I mean, this is probably more parallel thinking. Uh, you don't want to be, uh, I'm the genius who came up with this, uh, allegedly, <laughs> but WWE announces title and release date of Bianca Belair and Montez Ford reality show. I remember writing this to the, uh, network executives multiple times, but obviously Ms. and Mrs. has been around along with every other reality show ever. So it's not like it's some original pitch. But uh, we had definitely put them over as having this, and I'm sure anybody with half a brain in their fucking head could have figured out the same. But love in WWE, Bianca and Montez. Uh, they got their show coming out. Uh, they began, spent time earlier this year filming for the upcoming reality series. Um, but on February 2nd, 2024, it's going to start. So allegedly. Um, I don't know. Will it be salacious and overdone or will it just show them as two smart hard-working athletes who and and her is a seamstress and that i'm I'm interested to see how she does her uh seamstress art stuff uh you know because i think she makes all almost all of her own costumes or did for a long time and street profit stuff so um i really liked when they had their parents on i thought uh was i thought that was a good segment showing them at home and and some things along those lines and I I think Ford really needs this because right now they're lost in the shuffle. Will they actually tie them together on the TV show or will they keep them separate or will they play some character on the TV show? That's not what we're connecting to on the reality show. That's what I'm worried about is the disconnect of, Hey, they're getting over with their own reality show. They're super captivating American couple, you know, uh, grade A athletes and WWE stars. Uh, but at the same time, here we are like on TV, not acknowledging it and trying to make the guy heal when he's an A plus baby face. Cause he's so goddamn athletic. Right. So, um, uh, we'll see, but I, I think it'd be interesting to get in a feud with Miz and Maurice and have obviously, uh, Ford and, uh, Bianca, Belair be the baby faces plus anytime you'd see Maurice a plus <laughs> um but yeah man uh so good for them they're gonna get a solo shine and uh we'll see uh, if WWE or Endeavor really puts the machine behind them to make that a mainstream show when I see for the love and that I just think of like all those trashy ones with real housewives but I know it won't be that with them so uh this one this one goddamn popped me well let's let's wait for that one. Oh, here's one that didn't pop me I'll, I'll take that back uh former wcw cruiserweight champ evan courageous has been arrested um per arrest record of the gaston county sheriff's office belmont police in north carolina apprehended courageous in the early morning hours of wednesday november 1st charging the former professional wrestler with simple assault and injury to personal property. Further details of the charges surrounding Craig's arrest are unavailable at this moment. However, the 49-year-old was uh, released from police custody at 2.48 a.m. on Wednesday after posting $2,500 bond. Courageous joined the professional wrestling scene in 97, uh, 1997, signing with WCW, and was a one-time WCW Cruiserweight champ and one-time hardcore champ. Um, da, 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 da. So um yeah i mean obviously uh muddy details uh could just be 
I don't know, misdemeanor charges, you know, so I'm not, I'm not really sure how serious it is, but enough that he had to post bond. So we'll keep an eye on that one. You never like to see, uh, you know, anybody going through some uh, bullshit like that of what life, uh, you know, put in front of them. They made some wrong decisions that I had to get to that point. Uh, Shane McMahon, uh, his son, Declan describes growing up in WWE's first family. Oh boy. Um, from a developmentally speaking podcast, uh, we wanted to know what was growing up, what it was like to grow up in the McMahons. He said, it was awesome. Uh, Declan says, I always tell people all the time, as you grow, you get to grow with the business when you're a fan per se, as I was, when I was younger, you really get to see it through a fan's perspective. But as you grow older and you're kind of invested in it, you get to see the business side of it, right? Um, oh, man, points uh, in the chat, cold-blooded, bro caught three counts. Oof, stiff, I like it. Um, starting early tonight. Uh, Declan describes conversation with his father that taught him what goes into the planning of a wrestling match. As he grew older, Declan also learned what things are like backstage. But he said, when you're a kid, you see these people on TV and you think they're superheroes, right? Uh, but when they come home, they're just down to earth, normal people They get banged up and they do it for the love of the sport, for the love of entertainment. Growing up McMahon family allowed Declan to meet people like John Cena and LeBron James. And the college athlete believes that helped him gain maturity and politeness. Despite the key difference in lifestyle, Declan stated that he didn't truly realize the impact of his family until accompanying his father, Shane, to the ring at WrestleMania 32 for Hell in the Cell against the undertaker yeah i mean wow what a insane childhood that has to be growing up mcmahon you know and um i'm sure uh, uh everyone saw the football jerseys and belts and stuff like that but then vince was going off because Russo was going off because vince was in saudi arabia for the big game against penn state or ever and then somebody sent me that declan is red shirted until next year so he's not even playing so I get it, but uh, I think Declan McMahon is going to be a name you're going to hear for the next 50 years uh, when it comes tied to wrestling. And, you know, if everything goes well, I mean, you never know. that They may clean out the McMahons in the next five years at Endeavor, or I just think that that name and that value alone is massive. So, but then sometimes the out of three brothers it's the one you think is going to make it and it's not it's the one that you didn't is the one that usually surprises you uh much like uday and kusay no. <laughs> but i mean there's rogan and kenyan too don't knock them out water break drink <sighs> um yeah so i don't know i'm a i'm a fan of declan i'm not gonna say i'm not pal uh, but very interesting, but who knows, man, three brothers working together to maybe buy back the WWE in 20 years. Could you, could you picture that a triumvirate of Declan Rogan and Kenyon working together and they buy it back. Wouldn't that be a hell of a story? I'd be, fuck, I'd be 66 when that happens 20 years from now. They could do it sooner because they'll be walking into it with $9.3 billion to spend. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, Vince is picked, though. God damn it. It's always been Declan. Um, let's see here. Uh, Paul White. 
aka the big show uh seemingly been everywhere for AEW the past few days he was in louisville to promote dynamite uh and that included a stop at ovw a homecoming of sorts for the wrestling giant as he spent time in the promotion when he was part of developmental in 2000 2001 uh during a recent episode of the battleground podcast uh big wigata spoke at length about his ovw experience while also discussing what it looks like now under the guidance of Al Snow, as the scene on the Netflix docuseries, Wrestlers. Also, if you guys haven't watched uh, the seven-part series on Vince Russo's YouTube uh, with all the stars of the wrestlers, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, just hilarious moments between Al and uh, Vince ribbing each other, but then also getting to see and hear from Hollywood, Haley J, Cash Flow, Mahabali, Shira, Shira Brian Keniston, Matt Jones, uh, you know, and uh, just really, really great stuff uh, to follow up uh, uh, with through Vince's questions and having a good time with all those shows. Just awesome, awesome episodes. I'd like to even do a follow up with myself with Adam Revolver, but he kayfabe me last time. So big heat on my homie Adam Revolver uh, when he was supposed to be here. Uh, it was a great experience to see that the new Danny Davis Arena, shout out Danny Davis, uh, was nice to see what Al Snow's done with everything. The success they've had with their Netflix, the nice group of talent they have there. They have a lot of great talent that are learning how to work on TV and present their characters. Those are wholesome things that pro wrestling, I think, needs. You need a lot of places like OVW and a lot of places like that to help talent to find out who they are and to be more authentic. Uh, but he also saw a bit of AEW in the way OVW operates by letting wrestlers find their own voices. That's one of the things about AEW that always attracted me to AEW is authenticity. It's not your cookie cutter stand here, pose here. It's here's your promo. Here's your character name. It's more authentic, kind of like it's got an old school feel where it comes from the wrestlers themselves. I understand it's different. There are all kinds of ways of doing business, but I'm really appreciative of Tony Khan's abilities to let talent discover and find themselves, and then he works that into the show. I like that, too. It uh, just is the problem that you hired a lot of independent workers who've never worked for TV or have been given the opportunity to shoot promos or do storylines, and they have to learn on the fly, and you get to see their inabilities uh sometime that haven't been sharpened yet where ovw does exactly that you develop your character alan power and doug basham and whoever else on top might give you some ideas but really they want you to do what you want to do uh you know and and believe in it and uh when you do that then we can flush that character out and sometimes you might need to change 180 degrees and be something completely different because something else didn't work and it might get you signed, right? Like Nick Dinsmore, Mr. Wrestling, probably the best technical wrestler in OVW history. That wasn't getting him on TV. 180 turn into Eugene, and now he's working with all the top guys in the history of the business. <laughs> you know, doing everybody's comeback and getting over, doing next to nothing. So... And what Al is doing there is being a Rembrandt, being a Picasso, and he's got to paint with the brushes and paint that are presented in front of him. He's going to move those pieces around the chessboard. He's going to paint the best pictures and stories that he can tell using those. And then when, some, but he might not have the money to pay him. And all those kids are using Al and OVW or paying for it to get that TV time, to get that exposure, to get 
their sword sharpened so they then can jump to an AEW or WWE and be overprepared for the opportunity compared to any NCAA NXT athlete they're going to hire or any indie worker who's never done TV before and doesn't even know how to work for hard cam. You know, that's really what you're getting from OVW. So everybody's kind of in an agreement of how we're going to use each other. But like Rip said, this is the best time of your fucking lives, boys. Enjoy it because you're getting to paint with your colors and tell the stories you want to tell and listen to Al and let him punch you up and, and a revolver and go an idea and flush it out. And then if you put six months, a year into a storyline, you've got a piece of artwork that you came into this business to create and no one can ever take it away from you. Did it make a ton of money? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you should think that about like why it didn't. What do I need to do to change if I want to make a lot of money in this business? How do I become a t-shirt seller, or a merch seller, you know, or am I just in this to be a great heel and <laughs> do my political bit and, and whatever else I can add, you know? So it's to each their own, but I think big show is absolutely right on that. We do need places like this. And I think OVW has a huge resurgence now. I think monster factory does this very well. You can look at everyone from uh, Matt Riddle, the Damian priest, uh, bit big names that have come out of there in recent years. Seamus too, I believe. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of these pop-ups nightmare factory. I don't know how, if Cody's working with them at all or how deep they are now with that connection anymore, but you can get a hell of an education Booker T school in Houston, who I believe has TV if you want to. And then I tell my students Rocky mountain pro in Colorado, you could, you could make this loop if you want to, where it used to just be OVW and you can become a true journeyman or journey woman wrestler and learn how to work different territories. If you're prepared to make that sacrifice, live in your car and go follow your dreams, you know, and it'll happen, you know, it'll happen for you, but two stories left kind of one related to the other, uh, <laughs> a lot of show. Not, I don't want to show it for it because I really would have rather had the contract and had the control to, help to uh help offer positive solutions <laughs> as i was uh told that uh over and over again and uh here we are what kind of person to say a total so but you know what a total so a fucking a total so fox ceo explains why the network decided to not renew wwe smackdown uh, Fox CEO Lachlan Murdoch uh, explained why the network didn't renew WWE. Because I think we talked about this before, but how we analyze WWE renewal and we look at our sports portfolio the same way. Besi or based on that analysis from an advertising point of view, we're not hitting the advertising numbers due to the audience of the WWE to make the return for our return on investment to be done on the levels that we would accept. But also, we didn't attribute enough significant retransmission revenue to WWE either. So it made sense for us to move away from them. Uh, they've been a great partner for many years. But just quite simply, we were very disciplined and the return on investment didn't meet our discipline parameters. So we wished them luck and we moved on from them. Yeah, uh, let me break that down for you. When they bought in, uh, they, it was, they signed on at a 3.6 rating. No. 
They signed on a 3.2 rating. They wanted them up to a 3.6 minimum, minimum 3.6 in order to be profitable and make the standards. From there, they went down to a 1.6, 1.8 in there, and then back up to a 2.2. So they lost 33% of their audience overall throughout COVID and everything else that went on that they could have blamed it on or scapegoated on Heyman or Eric Bischoff and da-da-da one. We had the conversation. We told them they built a, they bought a bad bill of goods. Those are the exact words I used, a lemon. And um, they smiled and went, we're looking for positive solutions. The solution would have been to hire the consultants at that time and smarten you up and not let you get played by the yes men and the scapegoaters to keep the billion dollars rolling in and you make no money on your advertising and they have to answer for nothing that that was the problem. <laughs> and the person who didn't do that probably will fail upward and, and go up higher in the company after losing 33% of the audience from making shoddy decisions and getting worked by the hustlers of the carny wrestling business. So that's where they are. And now Lachlan Murdoch has to put out, well, the ROI didn't meet this. Yeah, you can't charge advertisers premium prices when you promised a 4.0 rating and it's coming in at a 2.2. They're not going to pay that price. And then, but you had it speculated that they would. And then you tried to work the advertisers. They said, fuck you, we're not paying that. And now you're taking a loss because you paid X amount to WWE and you came up in the red. That's the long and short of what this, uh, you know, statement says. So you can say ROI and rev rate retransmission revenues and flywheel and synergy and whatnot. When you got a guy taking a selfie with Bray Wyatt and gimmick of the fiend inside of the production truck during the height of his horror funhouse era and that's more important than protecting the character how are we supposed to fucking feel about how serious fox is of saving their ratings when they're taking their top guy which is the horror thing and like a jason or a freddy krueger and posing with them in production like isn't it fun for a selfie and going no it's just social media nothing's wrong now we see that everything was wrong from the jump and they just don't want to listen um, in a follow-up to that, uh, let's see how much money it reportedly costs to run an advertisement during SmackDown. You want to run an ad during SmackDown, pal? It'll cost you about $51,077. According to AdAge, uh, up 8% from $47,119 last year. Uh, SmackDown is second to uh, only ABC Shark Tank among Friday night broadcast shows despite routinely beating Shark Tank in uh, the P18 to 49 demo. Uh, it implies about a 65 million cost per milli, that's cost per thousand, based on 789,000 uh, P18 to 49 over the last 365 days, um, which is a lot higher than I'd have guessed. How does SmackDown generate an ad revenue then? Figure 20 units per hour, 40 units per show. That's about $2 million per episode. 
Fox is paying WWE about $4 million per episode. A lot more Fox covers, a lot more than Fox covers and ad sales, which is common with sports and universal for wrestling shows. Carriage fee and market values are part of the justification too. Whatever math was, whatever the math was for Fox, they obviously calculated they were better off doing something else on Friday night starting next year at this time. Yeah, well, they killed Gotham and it had a 4.6 rating. And what that read to me right there is 40 units per show, 2 million per episode, and they're paying out 4 million an episode for the rights. Now, there's no replay. There's no syndication that comes with that. There's no extra pay-per-view to make that up. That's like a Fox spectacular. So you're just eating shit $2 million every week. So it's a $104 million loss leader per year because you can't charge prime based off of the lower numbers to get advertisers to pay that premium price. So now you're losing, losing, losing. You're bringing in $2 million, but you're spending four. Can't bail that boat out. So, y'all, man. Uh, shout out Scott Woodford. Happy Friday to everybody. Let's use that same energy. Let's go, y'all. I, I agree with that, man. I uh, needed all that energy and to get it out. And uh, it's not it's something I relish in because I want the industry to be the best it can be. But when we've got 800,000 for AEW and people are like, it's up 7%. Well, it's down 40%. <laughs> so to be up 7% is really going from about, you know, 43% to 37% in one week or what have you. So we're still floundering. WWE, the flagship show raw, 1.3, 1.3 million. And everybody's going, everything's fine. When uh, there are positive solutions, they're going to be painful but the uh, outcome from them will be positive, more money, more people watching, better storylines. Uh, you just got to ask the consultants what they would do and then apply and not uh, get caught up in all the carny bullshit. So I got a feeling that uh, Endeavor's about to, f that they know it already, but they're about to make some moves to try and thwart that. Uh, but that isn't going to be good for wrestling, I don't think. Uh, I don't think, uh, that it will empower. It. It'll make it look like a uh, second tier compared to UFC just cause they don't want to get caught up in the politics, but we'll see, man, from the behavior that I saw in Saudi where, you know, Bensi himself has got to have undertaker put him over as a better businessman than Dana. Like this is like the funny haha that we're still being on, you know? And then you've got TNA getting ready to rebrand and say, we're going to shake shit up. But is anybody really going to come out and shoot bang, bang like they should? I'd like to see the young bucks do that. And, uh, and, and CM Punk could do it on WWE and the rock and Roman Reigns could do it. And uh, I think triple H and, and Cody Rhodes got a lot of unresolved issues that, that could be attitude era level stuff. You know, but um, right now, <laughs> even though they made more money and SmackDown will be moving to USA, who knows where Raw and NXT are going uh, because it's the same work. NBC is getting worked the same way because they just pay, went from paying $1 billion to $1.4 because all these assets increase, even though it's a proven loss at this time. And do you see anything on SmackDown 
that's going to be bigger? No, I think Fox is a bigger platform than USA, especially when SmackDown was doing 2.2 million recently and they're doing 1.3 on USA. Now you paid more 1.4 billion to bring it over there. And you're only going to get two thirds of the audience. That's the regular viewer of the network itself. How are you expected to pay premium prices? You just upped it another fucking 400 million on the deal. I get inflation, but this to me seems somebody at NBC got worked the same way somebody at Fox did. And we just reached out to try and smarten them up. And we got a very similar answer to we're looking for positive solutions. So we won't make the same mistake twice. We'll wait to make uh, the same run in again. And we'll see when the consultants allegedly uh, return. But right now, this is the Friday locker room, you guys. I'm going to jump off, take the wives out to get something to eat and come back uh, for SmackDown Live self-help group tonight, 8 p.m., uh, twitch.tv slash Media. We are in control now. You know we are. The Airwaves, WHMG, BNN, Headline News. Uh, but we'll be rolling out all the uh, <laughs> jams on a Friday night. So hopefully you guys got a good weekend ahead planned, uh, having a good time with family and friends as we head into holiday season. Holy shit, it's November, man. October ripped right by, and and so did today. So appreciate you guys hanging out for the drive at 5 here at uh, WHMGChannelAttitude.com covering the rest of this week's headlines. Uh, and you never know when the next Big Annie, the big announcement will be made uh, here on HMG. Yo, we got Jews in the house.